1: Can Cole Komet prosper in Chicago? And his Keyshawn Vaughn a first rounder? How good can LaVisca Chenault be? We're talking all that and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. Matt, I saw that you recently posted your overall results from all of the bets that you placed on the draft. How did it end up going?
0: Uh, it went well. I don't, I guess I can scroll back through Twitter to see. Yeah. So, uh, I was 124, 88, and one and profited 26.15 uh, units. So, um, the bulk of that was honestly betting on Henry Ruggs to be the first wide receiver, uh, betting, <coughs> sorry, betting on, uh, Jeffrey Okuda to be the third pick overall. Like, Those bets basically made the difference. Um, I bet way too many negative EV offensive versus defensive props. Um, Just a lot of those. If I would have just stayed away from those, it would have been a lot better, but you know, like overall still pleased with, uh, you know, up 26 units. Let's uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, more on it just in terms of the number of bets made than I did last year, but uh, you know, more units overall won. So uh, in the end, very positive, and um, you know, kind of looking forward to trying to refine the process a little bit more next year.
1: Got it. Well, I mean, hey, that's nothing to complain about. I I think that's a pretty impressive result.
0: Um, I mean, Amico Anthony Amico crushed. Oh, it. did he? You know, yeah, he did. Uh, I think he had like a fifty percent uh, record just in terms of like uh you know, like up in terms of money amount. Nice. Uh, You know, so up 50 percent unit. So uh, but I mean, I think for him, the big one to get was betting on Clyde Edwards earlier to be number one at running back. So, uh, you know, big, big there for him and everyone else who took that.
1: Yeah. uh, I have to imagine that you're pretty pumped when you see that happen. Uh, I don't know exactly when he would have gotten that, but uh, at some point in time, the odds were pretty nice on that. So yeah. um, quick reminder here, if you listen to Rotovis Overtime, which if you don't uh, shame on you, you should be. But if you do, you're aware that Sean and Column are hitting their 100th episode mark this week to mark the occasion. The Rotoviz Radio Podcast Network is giving away 10 one-month subscriptions to rotoviz.com. If you are already a subscriber, no big deal. We will add it to your subscription. If you aren't signed up yet, we will get you a one-month subscription. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your podcast app or go to Twitter and and retweet anything from the podcast feed, the Rotoviz Radio uh Twitter feed that is more retweets equals more entries. As a reminder, Rotoviz Radio listeners can receive a 10% off of a one year Rotoviz subscription by applying the discount code 2020RVRadio at checkout. Again, that is a bit of a new process. Uh, you want to use the promo code 2020RV Radio at checkout. Okay, Matt, let's talk about the number one ranked tight end. I would say just about every source that I looked at heading into the draft. That's Cole Kmet gets drafted by Chicago, a team that has been looking for a tight end. It feels like now for a long time, your thoughts on this situation. And do you think that this is a team in which he can prosper? Are we going to have to wait like with most tight ends a couple of years for him to develop and maybe end up on a new team?
0: Yeah, I think evaluating tight ends is so hard, um, just in terms of like looking at them and their skill set. So, I pretty much just try to do it by the numbers. You know, like if a guy is young, that's good. If uh, he's athletic, that's good. If he's drafted high, that's good. So, you know, Komet has like all three of those things. He's a 21 year old rookie. He was drafted in the second round, and although he's not, um, he's not agile. He's pretty fast for his size. So um I think there's enough to like about him. The situation sucks, obviously. Um, but I don't I don't count on tight ends for year one anyway. So whether he's, you know, stuck behind Jimmy Graham this year, I don't think it really matters. If the offense sucks, I don't think it matters. Uh, you know, things might go so poorly in Chicago that they bring in a new head coach next year. It's just kind of hard to know. But I, I think I don't know. For circumstances, like I think it's just hard to evaluate the circumstances that tight ends are in. Um, So I'm just going to try to like judge based on what he brings in as a prospect and not think too much about the circumstances around him.
1: Yeah, that's more or less where I am on him as well. Um, I don't really think that there's many people that would be planning on using him for redraft this year. Maybe you'd be somewhat interested in grabbing him in a best ball. I wouldn't expect too much. And if you're drafting a tight end in Dynasty, like you said, you're not expecting to get a return this year anyway. Um, So I'm not really letting the landing spot in Chicago dictate my thoughts on him too much. I had a tight end heavy or excuse me, a tight end needy team in a tight end premium league. I was able to address my running backs. My wide receivers were already good um, in the early round. So in the third round, I did go after Komet. We'll see how it works out. Uh, We have a lot to get through as we continue to try and recap the 2020 NFL draft. Before we do, let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsor, BetOnline. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day and it's all online. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Matt, why do you hate Keyshawn Vaughn?
0: <laughs> uh I don't I don't hate Keyshawn Vaughn um well you've been you've he, been leading
1: the, the Keyshawn Vaughn hate train if you will uh on Twitter this past week so so take us through um,
0: this um I don't I don't hate Keyshawn Vaughn I hate people who like Keyshawn Vaughn too much <laughs> no uh I just you know I think he's the seventh running back in this class and considering that this is a uh a top heavy class at the Uh, wide receiver position. You know, we have seven, no, six first round wide receivers, seven second round wide receivers. Um, I think most of those guys, or at least a lot of them should be drafted ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. So uh, I think anytime anyone thinks he should be drafted in the first round, that's ridiculous. You know, like a guy who's 23, who is a third rounder, I kind of don't care too much about his circumstances. If he's a running back, he probably should not be drafted ahead of 21-year-old first and second round wide receivers, probably even a lot of 22-year-old first and second round wide receivers. Like, it's just, I'm thinking about the long game on this. And, you know, overwhelmingly, the odds suggest that it's better to be investing in wide receivers for the long haul than running backs. And um, I don't know. Like that's that's part of it. Another part of it is that people are just assuming that he's going to take Ronald Jones' job. And maybe he will. Like maybe that does happen. Maybe he is better as a receiver. I don't I don't know if we can actually say that because I think a lot of people are comparing what Jones did in college as a receiver to what Keyshawn Vaughn did in college. And we need to remember Jones was two years younger in college, so you need to adjust for age. But I don't think we can just assume that a guy who you know, was 22 in his final season as a fifth year senior, that he's automatically going to come into the NFL and be better than a guy who's entering his third year in the NFL and last year had a thousand yards from scrimmage and who was efficient in certain, you know, categories that you could look at. I just I think people are assuming too much about both Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones. And I just want to like filibuster just a little bit longer. Okay. If I should say, I think it's wrong to do the college comparison if you're looking at Vaughn in his final season and Ronald Jones in his final season. But if you do the college comparison in which you sort of go back in time and you realize that they both entered college at the same time, they were 2015 recruits. Ronald Jones was a four-star, recruited by 28 schools, one of which was Alabama. I can just tell you that Keyshawn Vaughn was not recruited by Alabama. He was recruited by only 10 schools. He was a three-four star, like more three than four, but you can say he was a four-star by one service. In 2015, their first year in college, Ronald Jones had over a thousand yards. Keyshawn Vaughn had around 850. Ronald Jones did that on fewer touches. In 2017, Ronald Jones' final year in college at 20 years old, he had almost 1,800 yards. He had 20 touchdowns. What did Keyshawn Vaughn do that year? He literally sat on the bench because he had to leave his first school to go to his second school. And then in 2019, While Ronald Jones is a 22-year-old in the NFL getting 1,000 yards from scrimmage, Keyshawn Vaughn is a fifth-year senior. Like, if you're going to compare these guys, compare them like on an apples-to-apples basis. And at no point in college did Keyshawn Vaughn do anything at the same time point where Ronald Jones was where you would think Keyshawn Vaughn will be the better NFL player.
1: Okay. Have you, have you said your piece? I'm done. Okay. So actually, um, keeping in mind here that I think that I was probably about as high on Keyshawn Vaughn as anybody out there that I saw. And I was actually, I think probably one of the first people that really wrote extensively about him. Um, I am inclined to agree with you here in that. I think that he has skyrocketed up the board for a lot of people, not so much on the player that he is but on the landing spot. And I think that we're losing sight of the fact that he was still taken in the third round. So you could look at this In the lens of, okay, Tampa Bay feels that they have to do something at the running back position. But I think going in the third round is a much different situation than if we had even a second rounder going like like you've said, I don't think it necessarily speaks to a solidified scenario where you can say that Vaughn is definitely going to be the guy. I think that you're And and if I sorry, if I can jump
0: in right there. Even if he is the guy, that doesn't mean he has like the full backfield to himself. I right. think Ronald Jones still takes away carries. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, and what I was
1: going to say, too, was also the point about them as receivers. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn showed that he can, you know, catch passes. He can be used out of the backfield, can be as a rece- you know, used as a receiver. But he didn't show us. I don't think, at least from what I've watched, watched of him and the numbers I've looked at, I don't think he showed us that he's this phenomenal pass catching back. Um, the points about the age are all well taken. And as much as I liked Vaughn, he's not one of these surefire uh prospects that you expect to hit in the majority of instances uh so i liked this landing spot i was happy to see him go in the third round but i'm with you especially when you consider the level of talent and the age of these players that we see at the wide receiver position we already have five very strong backs depending on what you think of aj dylan i'm not that turned off by his landing spot for the long term so i could still see people putting him as the sixth running back perhaps in this class uh Keyshawn Vaughn it's hard I think to make a case that you should be going after him in the first round and I think that if you're drafting him expecting him to immediately come in and fill not only a knee that you might have but to really be a home run at your running back position I don't know if you should be counting on that so as much as I liked Vaughn pre-draft I have to kind of agree with you that I think the hype has just gone too far
0: yeah, it's a great landing spot, and he does have, like, I have to admit it, he does have a realistic chance, a very real chance, to beat out Ronald Jones. It was just, like, immediately once that pick was made, everyone was coming out talking about Keyshawn Vaughn, and it's like, hey, like, we understand the bull case for Keyshawn Vaughn, let's just not forget that, like, Ronald Jones might beat him, like, he might beat him out, so, I, you know, I think... It's not as if I wanted to be pounding the table for Ronald Jones or really talking against Keyshawn Vaughn. It's just like under no circumstance should you be drafting a 23 year old third round running back ahead some of these fantastic wide receivers we have in this year's class. Like that is the big point for me.
1: Right. So uh, before we get off of Vaughn, here's kind of a two part question for you: How much of this reaction to Vaughn landing in Tampa Bay do you think has to do with Tom Brady, and does the Fact that Tom Brady is now a Buccaneer really elevate the value of the running back position, you know, exponentially compared to what it would have been with Jameis Winston.
0: Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Brady. I think a little bit of it has to do with Ronald Jones, but a lot of it has to do with enthusiasm about what a guy might do in that offense. So the thought that he could get the goal line touches, um, and I think because Brady is very immobile. They're thinking that, uh, you know, a a running back who can block in the receiving game is all the more important. Uh, And, you know, there's an idea that Ronald Jones sucks at pass blocking. And I'll just freely admit, yeah, if you look at his PFF grade, he does suck at pass blocking. Like, I I would try to counter that a little bit by saying, we don't know if Vaughn, once he gets to the NFL, is actually going to be much better Two. Jones might improve a little bit year over year in pass blocking, especially if he knows it's really something that he needs to do. And then three, like, it wasn't all that many pass blocking snaps anyway that Ronald Jones was back there. So, like, we're talking about a relatively small sample. Now, like, I'll admit, like, pass blocking is not something he's known for anyway. So it's not like he's probably good, but it's a small sample and he just had a, a randomly bad year. Like, he's probably not good at it, but that that doesn't mean that Vaughn is going to step into the NFL and on day one be better.
1: I think the other thing to keep in mind here, too, is let's say that Keyshawn Vaughn is a substantially better blocker in passing situations. We don't really know that then that translates into him seeing an increased level of fantasy production um given the fact that we don't know how much of a better better of a back he might be big deal if he's the better pass blocker It's gonna matter is who are they going to in the situations where they can actually get fantasy points
0: yeah yeah I mean there are a whole host of assumptions all of which I think will serve to inflate his draft price
1: right so I guess to close things up as much as I liked Keyshawn Vaughn I think a large piece of the puzzle prior to the draft of why I liked him was I thought that I'd be able to get him at a pretty low cost for a player that I personally felt like had a fair amount of upside. But we're now at a situation where things are entirely different. So yeah, I kind of I mean, have to reassess. He does have.
0: Yeah, he does have upside. And if you drafted him, uh, you know, some rookie drafts go before the actual NFL draft. If you drafted him in one of those drafts and you got him in the second round, the third round. Fantastic. Like great job by you both in identifying a player who does have potential and identifying a guy that the NFL would think has potential and they would, you know, draft with, I mean, a top hundred pick that's, that's significant. So if you were ahead of the curve and you were able to capitalize it in that way, fantastic, you know, and if, uh, you know, you didn't, you know, then I think you're just kind of out of luck now. Cause I think his value is too inflated.
1: Yep. Completely agree. Um, Couple more players that I want to talk about in this episode, but before we do, another quick word from our sponsor Blue Chew. Guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chews online, physician is free of cost and once approved your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's a great deal for you guys visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code bluewire just pay five dollars shipping again that's bluechew.com b-l-u-e bluechew.com promo code bluewire All right, Matt, a player that I've become more excited on the more that I've started digging into him is LaVisca Chenault. I was not sold prior to the draft just because I was so enamored with some of these other players like Jerry Judy, like C.D. Lamb. A lot of people are excited about this landing spot in Jacksonville. Where do you think that Chenault? lands now in comparison to some of these other wide receivers. Do you think that he's the type of player that we should be going after maybe towards the end of round one in rookie drafts, or is he a uh, round two type of player for you?
0: Yeah, I like him a lot, but there are so many wide receivers in this class that I think it's, it's personally hard for me to get him into round one. Yep. You know, so I'm going to have all of those, you know, wide receivers drafted in the first round ahead of him. Judy, Lamb, Jefferson, Ruggs, uh, Rager, and then I also have Iuk ahead of him and I have Higgins ahead of him. Uh, sorry about the dog. Uh, that's fine. Okay, so anyway, yeah. Um I I don't know what to do. Can you hear that?
1: Yeah, we can, but it's it's okay. She's just uh super enthused about
0: Uh, This is, this is suboptimal. Yes. Okay. So, and then after that, I have him in that. um, So after that, I have him in the tier of, um, you know, like Mims, Pittman, uh, Chase Claypool, KJ Hamler. If you wanted to have Chenault as the first guy in that range, uh, I think that's fine. I don't, but I would maybe move him up there. Like I'm going to continue to play with my rankings and maybe I move him up. I have Mims ahead of him uh, because I think Mims has a more immediate path to playing time and to targets. Um, the same with Michael Pittman, uh, LaVisca Chenault. I'm just not sure how much action he's going to see in year one, but I do think he's going to get a lot of action in year two, and uh, I do like him still quite a bit for the long term. If you look at what he did just in his final two seasons at Colorado, and those are really you know like the only two years he played, um, on a yards per route basis... He was basically like right up there with the top guys in the class. Uh, Just, you know, what he was able to do on a a regular basis if he's going out there running a route on the field. And I think that uh, is more predictive than overall yards, overall touchdowns. Like his team was not good. So he wasn't scoring a lot of touchdowns just because his team wouldn't put him in position. But, you know, given that he's out there running routes and performing just as well as CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. Like, that's really impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, um, you know, I'm getting more excited about him, but it's just such a strong class. So you
0: mentioned, Den- oh, you know, it's sorry. One more thing yep. I have to add in. He was one of the best guys in this class against man coverage over the over his like his entire college career versus CD Lamb, Jerry Judy. Um, you know, um, positive play rate against man coverage, which I think is really impressive because uh, you know, a lot of these guys in college, maybe they get a lot of production versus zone defense, but uh, Chenault, you know, I mean, anytime he was manned up, he was just able to beat his guy.
1: Yes. um, Certainly very strong and man. And I think also um, he was able to do a lot of things in college that speak to, you know, a lot of ability that hopefully can translate to the nfl um there are talks about him being used as a running back maybe like a wildcat type of quarterback so it should be yeah. fun to see what he can do um denzel mims goes to the jets he's an interesting prospect after the combine got a lot of interest um didn't go as high as some people were hoping in the draft uh, i have seen some people though really like this landing spot for him Do you feel that this was one of the better landing spots uh, or are you not that soul that going to New York playing with Sam Darnold under Adam Gase, who you can't figure is going to be there for too long? Um, Did you did you like this for him?
0: I don't know. It's rough. I mean, I I know I have him ranked higher than some of these other like kind of second or third tier wide receivers, but I kind of feel as if I should move him down. Like he will probably get a lot of the targets vacated by Robbie Anderson, but I'm just, I don't know. Like I know I say I want to focus most on uh, overall talent and not on uh landing spot in circumstances, but he is 23. And uh, you know, considering that he might be shackled to uh, I think a pretty suboptimal head coach in Adam Gase for two years or so, I don't know. Like at that point, Like I think his shot to have a decent career is kind of dwindling. So I don't know. I'm just I'm worried about the landing spot. Like I do want to be enthusiastic about him. I think I'd be happy to get him in the second round, but I don't know. I'm a little more pessimistic about him than I was certainly than I was entering the draft and even than I was like when I first wrote up my rankings. Yeah, I don't
1: love this landing spot going to the Jets. Um, And like you said, we're could very easily be looking at a situation where you have a player that's 25 has not really done anything. And it just goes back to the idea that we've talked about before. What can happen with a lot of these players is, if they don't produce early, even if they get a change in scenery, that team is then going to be selecting other players likely in the draft at that position that they're going to be more excited about using because it looks like they have a chance to, um, you know, be solid NFL players, given their age, given their draft stock. Um, so it, I think it's going to be a bit of a tough road for mims to to work with you know had we seen him maybe go late in the first round to the team like the packers which people were hoping things might have been a little bit different but the overall picture that you have with mims is one that does not look like it lends itself to nfl success in the majority of outcomes all right you mentioned michael Pittman. um one thing that i want to get your take on we haven't actually talked, I don't think, extensively at least, about Phillip Rivers going to the Colts. At this point in his career, how good of a quarterback do you think Phillip Rivers is? Let's just start there.
0: Mm, not that good. I mean, let's say, like, for fantasy, maybe, like, at best, mid-range quarterback, two, but probably, like, low-end QB, two. Okay. So,
1: if people are viewing... The landing spot in Indianapolis is good for Pittman, not only on the depth chart, perhaps looking at how good the offensive line is, but they're factoring Philip Rivers into that. Are you with me that they kind of need to reevaluate looking at playing with Rivers as this huge boost to Pittman's projection that you might have in his first couple of years?
0: Uh, I don't think so, actually, okay. because I think um, there's still there are a lot of targets available. I think T.Y. Hilton is going to continue to back off a little bit. And so uh, some of the production that you would maybe think of as going to Hilton actually could go to Pittman. I don't think we're going to see a ton of uh, tight end production there. Um, And also, maybe even not all that much running back production uh, in terms of receiving yardage. So I still think there's yardage to go around. Like even Rivers last year. Um, still had 4,600 passing yards. And that's kind of like been in the ballpark of where he is over the past five years. I still think he's going to be somewhere in that range. I just don't know if he's going to get a lot of touchdowns and he throws a lot of interceptions. So I'm not all that optimistic about Rivers, like about him being able to do anything extra. And then of course, like he's a zero in the rushing game. But I still don't think that that actually means that uh, it's all bad news for Pittman. Like we know that Rivers is fine throwing the ball down the field to big guys and letting them try to make plays on it. And I think that suits Pittman perfectly.
1: Got it. Antonio Gibson has received a fair amount of post-draft hype. He's going to be in Washington. Um, I think a lot of people are excited at the possibility of seeing him used as a running back, but that's a team that has a lot of backs on the roster. Uh, Where do you stand on him? Are you excited?
0: Yeah, I really... I think I need to evaluate him really hard because I'm, I I don't know. Like I want want to move him up significantly higher than I have him in my rankings right now. And it's just kind of hard with like, okay, well, he's a third round, you know, running back, wide receiver converting to running back. He played running back in high school, but never really played running back in college. Um, I don't think one handoff that he got in college was out of the backfield, or maybe a couple of them were, But this past year, he didn't have literally one, not even one handoff was between the tackles. You know, they were all pretty much jet sweeps, or if he was getting it in the backfield, he was still running around the corner. So I don't know, like, how realistic it is for him to be a running back in the NFL and, like, be a a workhorse, like a lead back. But I don't know, man. He does have that David Johnson potential. So in a class that is thin at running back outside of the top, like we'll say seven, I think he fits in pretty intriguingly as the number eight running back off the board. And, um, I don't know, like, I just, I think in the middle of the second round that's aggressive, but maybe that's where he should be ranked. Like maybe even higher than that. I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, two final players before we close out, uh, the first episode of this week and these are other players that I've seen some people get excited about so there are two players that end up playing for the Raiders so we have Lynn Bowden Jr. and Brian Edwards Uh do either of them receive further consideration from you given the landing spot
0: uh yeah I mean I think Brian Edwards is going to be starting within a year um I think Tyrell Williams, one way or another, is going to be gone, and I think Brian Edwards is likely to start. It looks like they're going to move Bowden to like a a pass catching running back type of role, which I don't know. That's kind of intriguing. I mean, he certainly has a lot of running capabilities. Um, so they're they're both intriguing, but um I wouldn't want to draft either of them before the third round. Got it. Um, I haven't
1: been as excited um as everybody else on Either of them, Um, not so much as an indictment of who they are, but just because, I mean, realistically, the odds of either one of them being, you know, substantial fantasy contributors, maybe even in the long term, I think even the short term as well, you know, the odds just aren't that high. Um, yeah. and what we're kind of seeing now, too, you know, we're still pretty close to having the draft having just happened, so I think we kind of get that like irrational excitement about a lot of these rookies, and it feels like they're all going to turn into great players when really it's going to be probably a slim percentage.
0: Here's one thing to think about with Bowden. Yep. Um, like we know what he can do as a runner because he did that as the Wildcat quarterback at Kentucky. Um, you know, a, a, an 87.2 PFF rushing grade, which was the highest out of any non running back. Um, in his eight games at quarterback, uh, almost 1400 yards, rushing 13 touchdowns, uh, 0.3 broken tackles per carry. So like, we know he can do it as a runner, but also as a receiver, um, in the first four games of the season, he had 385 yards from scrimmage. Some of those are rushing yards, but 385 yards from scrimmage in his first four games. Um, his second season, when he was a sophomore, he still had a 30% target share as a full-time wide receiver. Like there's there's some significant potential with him out of the backfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you frame it like that, it is I can definitely see why there why there would be excitement and that pretty is inter- you know pretty interesting stuff. So maybe he falls into that category of where when you get past the picks that you're going to be using on players perhaps that you need or when you get past those players that you can feel very good about, he's the type of guy that you just take a chance on if you don't really need that pick to pan out.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. They're they're both long shots. Yeah. But uh, you know, they're they're at least intriguing. And with Brian Edwards, I'm not that optimistic on him. I'm maybe a little more optimistic on Bowden just in terms of like the numbers or like as a prospect. But Edwards, I feel pretty confident he's going to get his shot to start at some point. Which, you know, like if you can get that in the third round of a rookie draft that's pretty decent
1: cannot argue with that uh but that does it for this episode you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave and at MattFTheOracle. the oracle thanks to bet online and blue chew for sponsoring the show make sure to rate review and subscribe and as always remember it's not fantasy you believe it